2: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you doing today?
1: I'm considering changing my fan allegiance, uh, <laughs> but other than that, uh, doing... Okay, Uh, the Yankees are certainly testing my loyalty. Season was on the line tonight, according to Mr. Aaron Boone. So, uh, yeah, that's how we're doing.
2: Yeah, well, um, we got some good stuff here today. Of course, this will be a shorter show, much shorter for me, especially with the cancellation of the Twins game today. So, I mean, we might as well get into this, but Brandon, seeing you obviously have quite a bit of opinion right now on these Yankees, do we want to go ahead and bump that up to the top? Uh, Yeah,
1: sure. No, you know, I I don't have much more to say than I did yesterday, but I'll I'll take the game first. Why not?
2: Speaking of what was said yesterday, part of that conversation was recently put onto the uh, formidable and famous Social media site that we all know and love being TikTok. So, if you are a member of the TikTok community, if you would like to become a member of the TikTok community, you should go over and follow us at MLB Daily. You'll be getting different posts and clips of each of the different shows, a little different perspectives, most of them a little more cleaned up than they would be in the actual show. And then We'll also be adding more and more other content outside of that as we go. I have a very, very good idea that I'm debating whether I should surprise Brandon or let him have an opportunity to shoot me down, but I'm excited for it. So why don't we go ahead, go ahead and get on into the nitty-gritty?
1: Well, uh, top one, Angels and Yankees, the Angels and the Bronx, and what was the Yankees' Biggest crowd of the season so far. And they watched a, a pretty good game. Uh, but, you know, this result certainly not the best. Let's get into it. Shohei Otani leads it off with a home run in the top of the first. Uh, it was a 3-0 th- and o count. He took a ball that he thought was – or he took a pitch that he thought was a ball. Turns out it was a strike steps back into the box and then just crushes an inside breaking ball 26th homer of the year to give the angels a one nothing lead jared walsh then steps up and hits a double that scores anthony rendon hey tony hey hey, tony that makes it two to nothing angels bottom one though Gary Sanchez grounds out, but that scores a run. And then in the second inning, Gio Rochella ties the game up with his 10th home run of the year. Top five, Max Stassi, he grounds out. Uh, and that is able to force in a run. So it's three, two angels. In the sixth, Juan Ligares goes deep to make it four to two angels. John Carlos Stanton, home run in the bottom of the sixth, did pull the Yankees within one. But then Jose Iglesias, Gives the Angels another insurance run in the eighth with an RBI double. The Angels win this one five to three. You can give the win to Jose Suarez, who relieved a Dylan Bundy after he ha- had a bit of a tough night on the mound, uh, throwing up a couple times due to heat exhaustion, uh, pitching into the second inning. Uh, he is fine though but certainly not the best night uh for him jose suarez comes in and pitches five and a third in relief two hits one earned and five k's he gets the win michael king gets the loss uh he's allowed 15 earned runs this year and 10 of them have come in the first inning he just needs to settle down in games because he goes four and a third six hits, three runs, two earned. And those runs come in the first inning. I mean, he allows one run in the fifth inning. It's unearned. Those earned runs come in the first inning. He just needs to settle down in games, and he he will be an all right pitcher. I mean, he's worked to a 4.06 ERA. His ERA in the first inning is like 15 this year. I mean, in, in six starts. I mean, it's a pretty big sample size, so don't know what is going on with him. But give the save to Rysel Iglesias, his 14th on the year. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for Jose Otani to just terrorize the Yankees, uh, not only tomorrow, but he'll be pitching on Wednesday uh, and presumably hitting. And uh, it's a four-game series, so uh, I get to see him all the way uh,
2: through Thursday. A little advice for you, Shohei Otani is the stuff of nightmares. You will continue to have PTSD from his at bats for at minimum a couple of weeks. I, I mean, still think I still think about that Barnes homer.
1: Yeah, I mean he was one for five, so like we'll take it. But, at but same, it was a pretty big one. Oh no, it was it was a big one in the context of this game, especially, you know. Aaron Boone, prior to the game, says that the season's on the line. Uh, certainly, he said that the players were a lot more focused and fired up for the game today than previous games, which, like, yeah, um, sure. Like, yeah sure, I guess I'll buy it this time. Well, and, like, I, they just, I think it was like, obviously, you can't win every day. So we're I guess we'll just chalk this up to Jose Suarez coming in and just pitching really good. But just another lackluster offensive performance here.
2: Well, I I think while you're, it's fine to accept that. Like, yes, okay, I can buy into the team like being fired up. But that also then creates the question. You just played again. We talked about how important rivalry games are yesterday. You just played one of your biggest rivals last week. Last week in the literally a day ago, and and somehow you're more, like. You're, you're more amped up for this now than you were the yesterday? Than you were the day before? And you were the day before that?
1: It just, uh, I, it's just, I don't understand how we can just look so flat. And there's, I just, it sucks watching this team because there's just so much that needs to change. Just the whole philosophy. I mean, they completely ruined Glaver Torres. I mean, this is a guy who was the number one prospect in the league at one point and was like his whole thing was he has elite contact ability and they've tried to change him into this power hitter that he's not. And just his whole approach is just so off. I mean. I don't know what pitch he's even looking for anymore because every fastball that he gets down the middle, he just fouls off straight back. Like I just, I mean, he's really struggling. He's at a 630 OPS right now, another 0 for 4 night. He's been on quite a bit of a slide lately and it just, it it sucks to watch this team hit. Uh, they don't have a center fielder, like literally Brett Gardner's the only center fielder on the roster. Aaron Judge has been seeing a lot of time there. But until they get an actual center fielder, because Brett Gardner right now is hitting 195, you know, there's it's not going to work. And when you're playing either Gardner or Clint Frazier every day, and Clint Frazier is hitting 185, I mean, we are three months into the season and we have guys that are have played every day and we're still rolling them out there and they're hitting 185. You know, teams actually send guys down when they play bad. When is that going to like, oh, we don't want to use Clint's option. Oh, why? Why? Because in the future, we're going to want to use it. Like, that's so stupid. That's so stupid why you want to. I just, like...
2: Not wanting but to use his could, option now is the most
1: great package in the history of this team for all these other good players. Remember, it's like, oh, if we can just package Frazier and whoever and we can get Scherzer or we can get whoever. We can't get
2: anything for clip Frazier right
1: now. He's a bum. It's a I bum. mean, yeah,
2: yes, and it's, like, one of those things, too, where, like, if you're trying to justify not using an option, you're on a guy because you want to save it that is basically the the way I initially read this is you're not only giving up on the current success of the team for the long term, however, you're also betting on him to be somehow worse at another point in time to justify using that option than he is right now.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's a, what I'm saying. Like, why would you not, that's, it it just goes to show how dysfunctional this organization is. You know, we used to make fun of the Mets for oh my god, look at how the Mets are run. Like they're 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 completely, you know, crazy with the 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 Will Ponds at the helm. I mean, what is go like what direction can this Yankees team go in? Because Aaron Boone's this Sitting down every single night and just saying, you know, I saw a lot of positive things today. Uh, we just got a battle. We just got to come back tomorrow and uh, see what happens. You know, that we I, that sh- should not be what he's talking to the media like that. He should not be saying the same stuff over and over again. Like he acts like that, he's so naive to all the problems that are happening with the team. It's like he doesn't realize that the team is basically just falling apart in front of them.
2: Well, Brandon, that, and I have to ask, at what point are Yankees fans going to actually, like, sit down and realize the actual problem with this team? It's just the whole approach. Aaron Judge ruined this team. How? If he does not go walking by the Red Sox dugout, With New York, New York playing after game two of the 2018 ALDS, none of this would happen. You cannot deny to me, Brandon, that as a whole, the Yankees have been a disappointment from that point on. They show the best team in the league in their own home stadium, and then from there, they proceed to consistently underperform the expectation for them for the past three years now.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, first of the judge. Uh, no, twenty nineteen was a fan was a a fantastic year for the franchise. We won like hundred three games. Uh, we lose to a much.
2: Twenty eight though. Huh? Where's the
1: ring though? Would, I mean? Now, wait, isn't that I, the mode? I, you're in? Can't expect a ring every year. I mean, certainly. No, you
2: can expect a ring in the last if you're this great a team. No, but I mean, in like, The last twelve years
1: realistically with the with how many teams make the playoffs you know there's gonna be years where you have a really good team that that doesn't win it but the 2019 team at least they would hit home runs and the offense was good it, you know this team oh yeah I'm
2: not I'm not, say, I'm not saying the 2019 team was bad I'm just saying it did not go as well as people should have or it should people feel it should have or it, could have,
1: I I don't think that there's uh, I uh, I anyway, think us, I mean honestly nineteen nineteen's
2: not the agreement part but yeah I mean no it yeah just, no just
1: uh, so yeah, since I guess since over, that Red Sox yeah. series it's been it's it's been bad uh twenty twenty was not a good season either uh just very inconsistent I mean Yankees have started off started off really cold then we went like twenty three and nine over the next stretch now we're just on another slide I mean it's just the complete roller coasters of the season
2: mark my words Brandon people are eventually going to see that I was ahead of this just like I was ahead of it with the Astros and sticky stuff and we're gonna all realize that the curse of the judge in like it may, it may take five years for people to actually pin it down but New York, New York is still the Red Sox song, and we will continue on. You were saying you might need a new allegiance, so may I introduce you to the comeback kings of Major League Baseball? All right,
1: no, no, never, never.
2: We got the Red Sox and the Royals going right here, and in the top of the first, my hopes were already not really there for this game. You know, I was kind of hoping – not hoping, I'm sorry, expecting a letdown um, with the way that they just did not line up well at all in Kansas City last week. Carlos Santana hits a three-run blast in the top of the first. This is followed up by a Kike Hernandez piss missile out to left center. Brandon, that now puts it together for a bingo and a bango on the piss missiles for Sir Kike Hernandez. Following that, we get in the bottom top of the second Uh, two home runs here by the Royals, Michael A. Taylor and Whit Merrifield, their sixth and seventh of the season to extend this to a 5-1 game. Brandon, you got to tell me, which would you rather have in their respective fields? Michael A. Taylor or Michael B. Jordan? Because the logic to me would, would make you think you'd take Michael A over Michael B. Like, there's a reason he's ahead. But, I mean, when you look at the talent, I mean, and it 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 murky, it murkies that logic up.
1: Michael A. Taylor, I thought, was going to actually be an okay signing. And he's just not hitting good. He's a good fielder. Just, I thought that he would put together like kind of a nice season because he has like underrated power. Yeah, not not great. So you're taking, so you're taking Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Yeah, are you kidding me? He does, you know, Creed. I mean, Creed. those those are great movies, and even, even beyond Creed, he's a fantastic. Killmonger
2: man. Yeah, that man is going to be remembered for a very long time for a one-off role in a multi-hundred movie franchise. Um. Anyway, this is a five-one game, as I said. From there, though, the Red Sox come storming back here. First up, we got Throbby D going deep. A piss missile to the left makes this a 5-2 game. Then in the fourth, we get a piss missile from Hunter Renfro, number 10 on the year. As he's rounding the bases, he was looking for the Father's Day card that Phil Nevin left for him. He wasn't able to find it yet but it's now a 5-4 game and a RBI single by Michael Chavis makes this a tie ball game. This score will hold until the bottom of the sixth where Hunter Renfro sends another piss missile out. He gets two thirds of the way to the bingo bango Yahtzee Supreme in this game gets those two piss missiles and he puts the Red Sox up where they will stay for the rest of this game and win this one. Six to five, notching another come from behind victory for the team. The win will go to Hirokazu Sawamura. Garrett Richards went five and two thirds, allowing 11 hits, five earned, and three strikeouts. The loss will go to Josh Staumont. Danny Duffy started this one, goes three and a third, allowing four earned and two strikeouts. The save will go to Matty Backpack's Matt Barnes, his 17th save of the season
1: when is the the Garrett Richards experiment going to be over because he is statistically like the one of the worst pitchers in the league in terms of any expected stat hard hit percentage all that I mean he just gets knocked around and I don't understand why because he's in the top 10 percentile for both fastball spin rate and curveball spin rate like he clearly has the stuff, but he just gets com-
2: he's been getting completely killed. Like if you actually just if you like straight up watch him in games, when he like is there, like you can tell when it clicks for him. When he's there, you don't really want to face him. And you get some, you get some really nice showings out of him, which we saw in May. However, the bulk of the time, it's just scary kind of scary watching him pitch you know i guess brandon the question is what what move do you want to make in terms of the best interest of the franchise here right now in june that would make it make the it worthwhile to end the garrett richards experiment um
1: you know whatever happened to your guy uh to to a tanner house I mean, I thought that that was like the answer.
2: Um, yeah, Tanner Hawk's supposed to come, you know, in the occasional spots here. Actually, I haven't gotten a chance to get any um, look into this because my my dad asked me this exact same question earlier. I'm assuming actually, did he did he text you and ask you to ask this?
1: No, no, okay. <laughs> not at all. I, have, I was just I, I, I was just curious because I remember prior prior to the season you were pretty high on Tanner Houck at least for the Red Sox future if not this year
2: oh I am and you know he but the thing is I'm not really sure what's going on with him right now he's only made three starts in Worcester this year I haven't heard anything about him being hurt but I have to do a little more digging tomorrow when I get a chance but yeah he's made three starts he's gotten nine and two-thirds of an inning In during the entire triple A season so far, and he's been down there for the entirety of that season. So, I mean, I'm not gonna like freak out over five earned over 10 it with that. However, like the strikeout numbers are there through that grouping. I mean, we're looking at 16 strikeouts over 10. I don't think he I still would I still would say he is going to be a good pitcher, a good starter at some point, however maybe with whatever's going on or whatever they feel he's not ready the other option that you hear a lot more is Garrett Whitlock
1: as a starter interesting they've
2: they've been they've basically been stretch, they've been stretching him the entire year to the point where he almost has exclusively been doing two plus inning stints out of the bullpen of late so i think that is going to be somewhere down the stretch However, with how well this bullpen has been playing, I don't really see a reason to mess with it, which means to me the clearest cut move here. Well, the clearest move here is Chris Sale, but the clearest move right now would have to be to look outside of the organization. And do you really want to pay for anything right now?
1: Yeah, uh, very true. And Chris Sale, I I forgot to mention in my rant yesterday about the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox had Chris Sale prior to Game Two, throw a sim game on the actual field, like on on the mound, just in front, just prior to the game, just you know to completely get in the in the the Yankees head. Uh, just the entire weekend, Jacoby Ellsbury just. Completely cursed the franchise. Uh, and
2: you did not curse the franchise. I
1: can't wait for the Yankees. Aaron to Judge. Law- I cannot wait for the Yankees to win the lawsuit against Jacoby Ellsbury when he has to pay back his salary for one of those years. Uh, for those who don't know, really quick, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury essentially was cleared by Yankees team doctors uh, to play. He went to an outside doctor who did not clear him to play, and uh, he chose to not play. And the Yankees filed a lawsuit basically saying, we shouldn't have to pay your salary because you were cleared to play and you chose not to play. And uh, I believe that suit is still going on. So, uh, yeah, but that's, you know, I, I'm not a fan.
2: Not a fan. What are your thoughts on Kawhi Leonard then?
1: I mean, he's
2: because it's literally all the same exact situation. Why is
1: Kawhi? I mean, when like, I mean, no, like right now, I believe that Kawhi's actually hurt. No, 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 no. I mean, I
2: mean, in, I mean in Santonia. San
1: oh, well, yeah, that was...
2: They basically did the exact same thing. Well, arguably, the Jacoby was- Ellsbury's was better because he wasn't trying to gun to get to a new team because of it. He was just trying to basically just, like, leave.
1: No, he was just trying to get paid and not have to do anything, which, I mean, I, I don't
2: blame him. Yeah, I mean, why if, – if you I, – I have a feeling you don't do that, as if you're able to get to the major leagues, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of sacrifice. The majority of them want to be there on some level. So you're not going to just give up. You're not going to just up and retire like he did after that contract was over unless the writing was already on the wall like i'm never going to be able to really play again so i have a feeling he was writing it out for contract but still i mean by the same logic of not like him there i can understand that but i'm I'm going on a war against inconsistent logic right yeah. now starting with my father's uh three or three or you're not a yukon uh basketball player rule and how that makes... Holy shit, that's a huge spider.
1: There's a spider on on the wall behind LJ right now.
2: It, and, it, it, it's Garrett Cole. He's coming after me, man. <laughs> it went into the pillows. You gotta be me.
1: Well... Uh,
2: uh, continue. You've got a bunch of
1: them. Yeah, certainly... Jacoby Ellsbury, not one of my favorite uh players. I have the the National League this week. Or, no, I have the American League, right? Because I have oh, the
2: National League. We switched Monday.
1: Even though I took the Padres Diamondbacks game last night, and then you said it was yours?
2: Yes, because last night was we, we start every week on Monday.
1: Yes, today's Tuesday, though. So we switched yesterday.
2: No, we didn't switch yesterday. Are you trying to got angle? No, I did. I did NL all last week.
1: Oh, that's okay. No, yes, you're right. You're all trying
2: right. to take advantage of me as I'm getting incredibly frustrated. As this thing just.
1: Well, the Pirates and Rockies, uh, they played a pretty boring game. Bottom three, Jonathan Daza rbi triple to get things going and then elias diaz homers in the fifth that's the only two runs of the game and the rockies win two nothing kyle freeland pitches five innings scoreless uh, striking out seven only allowing three hits he gets his first win on the year the loss goes to tyler anderson five innings two earned and three k's he's now three and eight on the year and uh Daniel Bard gets his 11th save of the season. Uh, I I can take another one real quick. Yeah. Uh, I will do the Phillies and the Reds in this one. Uh, hold on, let me navigate to it. Here we go. Uh, we are scoreless till the bottom of the third when Nick Castellanos singles, scoring two, and the Reds take a two nothing lead. Uh, the Phillies tie it up and then take the lead in the fourth and fifth innings thanks to uh, two RBI hits from Alec Bohm And then uh, Ronald Torres makes it 4-2 to with an RBI single. In the bottom of the seventh, Nick Castellanos hits a grand slam to make it 6-4. Cincinnati. Where? I'm sorry? Where did it go? Uh, to left center field, and that will make it a 6-4. to Red. Three. I'm not sure if it was into the no no judgment zone like uh, his his Homer was uh, in the
2: the famous call. And a drive to Deve left field by Castellanos. It'll be a home run. It'll be a four or nothing ball game.
1: I'd like to apologize to to my producers at Fox the ones who signed my paycheck and the Reds, they score six more runs in the bottom of the eighth after taking a six to four lead in the seventh. Uh, Joey Votto goes deep to cap things off and the Reds win 12 to four. Keith Hembree is not sure if he's going to be putting on this headset again as he gets the win one inning two strikeouts out of the bullpen behind a wade miley six innings foreign run start the loss goes to no way naftali Feliz is on the phillies now wow naftali Feliz takes the loss certainly one of he was one of my favorite closers growing up on the rangers so nice to see him back with a job uh yeah he takes the loss and uh Phillies walk away, or or the Reds walk away with a a
2: win to now go above five hundred. All right, next up we've got the Indians and the Tigers. The Indians are able to score five runs in the first and second inning. This will only be combated during that span when, in the bottom of the second, the Tigers decide to get Miggy with it. Miguel Cabrera's sixth home run of the season. The Indians then pop off again for four runs in the fourth and two runs in the fifth to pretty well and handily put this game out of reach within this time span. Jose Ramirez did hit his 17th home run of the season. The Indians beat the Tigers 13 to 5. Give the win to Morgan for the Indians. He went five innings, allowing four earned and four strikeouts the loss will go to matt manning his really yeah first blow up start of the year and it it was a pretty good blow up here three and two thirds nine hits nine earned two strikeouts
1: all right um cardinals and diamondbacks Dylan Carlson triples in the third to give St. Louis a 1 0 lead, but Josh Rojas answers with a home run for the D backs in the fifth, and we're tied at one. In the bottom of the seventh, uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, well, they had used a second reliever to go a bit long. He pitches into the seventh inning, and the Cardinals jump on him. Uh, they score six runs in the inning. Thanks to uh, singles from Dylan Carlson and Paul Goldschmidt, a double by Yadi Molina, and then capped off by a Paul De Jong home run. And the Cardinals go on to win 7-1. The win goes to Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, the Cardinals use eight pitchers in a win, or excuse me, seven pitchers in a win. Uh, Seems a bit unnecessary uh, for winning by six, but I won't question it. Uh, Wade LeBlanc got the start for them, four and a third one earned run. The loss goes to Alex Young for Arizona. Three innings, seven hits, six earned in relief.
2: Next up, we got the Orioles and the Astros here. And this one started out pretty well even through the early half part half of this game with the top of the fifth ryan mountcastle hits a home run that puts baltimore up three to two at this point lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the
1: weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky
0: anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to... Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible.
0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free22. Shopify.com free22.
2: They extend it out to four to two before Houston ties it in the seventh inning. But from there, the Baltimore Orioles managed to get a home run from Austin Hayes and several other runs to make this from a 4-4 game to a 9-4 game. The Astros try as hard as they could to make a comeback here in the bottom of the ninth, but it ultimately falls short as the Orioles beat the Astros 9-7 as their red-hot streak is quickly starting to look like a cold spell here. The win will be given to uh, Paul Fry, who came in uh, relief for the Baltimore Orioles. The loss will go to Brandon Bielak, who also came into relief for Houston. Zach Granke got the start for the Astros, going five innings, allowing three earned with four strikeouts. The save is given to Adam Pluco.
1: All right. Nationals and Mets. This one was the laser show of the day. A lot of home runs in this one. And who else to start it off in the bottom of the first, but Kyle Schwarber lead off Jack 23rd of the season, and that puts Washington up one-nothing. Next up is Trey Turner, and he goes yard. Uh, back-to-back home runs for the nationals to take a two nothing lead in the bottom of the second Gerardo Parra goes deep and that makes the three nothing nationals before in the fifth Schwarberg goes deep once again, that's 11 home runs in nine games and 15 in his last 17 games. Uh, just incredible numbers that he's been doing, uh, just, uh, of putting up he is on an insane pace 24th of the year that makes it 4-0 Nats Starling Castro singles in the sixth to make it 5-0 the Mets uh, almost come back here as Jeff McNeil singles in the seventh to make it 5-1 Pete Alonzo with a two-run homer in the eighth followed by a Billy McKinney homer in the same inning they only trail by one uh heading into the bottom of the eighth, but then Mr. National Brian Zimmerman comes through with a clutch three-run home run. The Nats win eight to four. You can give the win to Paulo Espino, five scoreless innings, uh, striking out three batters. Now, season ERA at 2.02, and he's pitched uh, just over 35 innings, so uh, having a nice season and uh, some spot starts for the Nats. Jared Eichhoff takes the loss, six innings, eight hits, five earned, and allows four home runs. The Brewers and the Cubs is next. And this one uh, was certainly an interesting game, to say the least. It starts off, though, with both teams trading two runs in the first inning. Ian Happ with a two-run homer in the top of the first, and then Alvesaiel Garcia ties it for the Brewers with a two-run single in the bottom of the first. Garcia then homers in the third to make it 3-2 Milwaukee. Uh, Keston Hura also singles to make it 4-2 Brewers. But in the top of the seventh, Patrick Wisdom with a two-run home run ties it up at four. In the bottom of the eighth, the Brewers put up a 10 spot. They get, here are the run scoring plays. They get a Jackie Bradley Jr. double to take a 5-4 lead. A Tyrone Taylor sack fly, a Luis Urias double, a Willie Adamas three-run home run, a Jace Peterson double, and then a Keston here, a three-run home run to make it 14-4, and that would be your final score. The win goes to Devin Williams. Freddie Peralta got the start, six innings, two hits, two earned, eight strikeouts. Season ERA at 2.17 now. The loss goes to Ryan Tapera. Uh once again, the Cubs call on Andrew Chaffin and Ryan Tapera in the same game and in back-to-back succession. Tapera now 0-2 on the year. LJ, he went from having a sub two ERA to now up to 3.35 after two-thirds of an inning. Four earned runs tonight. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm gonna say it again. I think that they use these guys too much. they certainly have been, they certainly have been fantastic for the Cubs this year, but I just, I feel like that they're just pitching in every single close game. It just seems like that they're getting worked a lot, and it's eventually gonna catch up to you at some point.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I mean I think that's an indictment on the rest of that bullpen, and it will be something that they're going to, I'm sure, shore up if they think they're going to be serious about a any form of playoff runner or, or getting back in this division. Because this Brewers team, they may have just put up ten runs in an inning; they're not that good. Like, they're very beatable. They they'll 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 start dropping games again sooner or later, and you know, it. I, I, they're
1: they're beatable but also on any given day they have three starters that could throw eight scoreless and that's it you know
2: yes but they also have an offense that could that that can at any any given day have them go eight scoreless and lose 1-0 so um you know it's not it's not like they're not immune to dropping games like crazy because they have over this over the stretch of the year but yeah I mean you're right Kimbrell to Parachafen it does feel like they've been in there a lot and David Ross is not an idiot he's no dummy oh no not at all it's not like he's mismanaging the bullpen per se by using them so much I think it's more a matter of there's no one else they're trying to keep like a winning team here like this wasn't a team that anyone was expecting to be in a winning situation when you're one of those teams, it's kind of your responsibility to prove that you weren't a fluke for as long as possible. And that's kind of what the Cubs have had to do here. I don't believe that he's
1: like overworking them per se, because it is like these guys can handle certainly what they've been a given. I just feel like it's kind of predictable that he always, he always uses them in the same order and, when you know that, like when you know that Chapin's going to come in after the pitcher leaves and then it's going to be Tapara next, you know, you can kind of prepare and you can think about as a manager, all right, like I have a pretty good idea that that's who they're going to bring in. If they're, if there's two guys up in the bullpen, like I know that he's probably going to go to Tapera after Chapin, you can, you know, get creative with your pinch hitter situation, especially in the National League. and. I think that uh, you know David Ross should be a little bit more creative. Like you maybe bring, you maybe have both Chafin and Tapera warming up, and then you bring in Tapera uh, after the the pitcher. Just like kind of change it up a bit because when you do the same order all the time, I remember it was a problem when the Yankees used to bring in a Dellin Batanzas, Andrew Miller, Aroldis Chapman. That was the three. Eventually it got predictable and teams started to beat it. And that's when the Yankees said, all right, let's move Andrew Miller to the seventh inning role. Dillon Batandas to the eighth inning role just for like a week or so. And it works. I mean, you just got to get a little creative sometimes because all those pitchers are excellent and you can use them. You can actually get really creative, put them in different spots and win a lot more games. So certainly use those guys as a weapon.
2: Yes, um, I will have to say, though, it's kind of jarring to me to look at the num- uh, innings pitch numbers on this bullpen because let's let's separate uh, Kimbrel Tepera-Chavin from the rest of the group. Ryan Tepera's got 37 innings this year, leads that group of three. Outside of that group, he has 10 more than the next guy that that is that's a lot that is a lot and it doesn't get much better kimbrell's got 30 uh chafin's got 33 that yeah of course the next and then the next three guys all have 27 innings on the year and these are guys too that haven't gotten hit up like they haven't gotten beat up um if we're talking era dan winkler 132 era rex brothers Uh, one uh, 263 ERA Keegan Thompson 195 ERA all over 20 the same 27 inning stretch. These it's not like they've on paper got a lot of bad pitchers here. The more I look at it, it's just it's a jarring innings difference here.
1: Yeah, uh, this entire bullpen has been good though. You're right. Uh, certainly, Rex Brothers. 2.63 2.63 ERA, but 47 strikeouts, to only 14 walks as a lefty. I mean, that's really impressive when you have Chafin and Rex Brothers, who who were both lefties. But yeah, that is jarring. I didn't even see the, the those inning pitch numbers, but uh, yeah, you know, I, certainly my first theory was right that they are getting a little bit uh, overused. Looks like.
2: Yeah. Also, I. Didn't get a chance to mention this earlier, completely forgot, but today's game made it 23 consecutive appearances for the Red Sox's Josh Taylor of scoreless.
1: Wow. Impressive. Uh, Also, that's that's the most
2: by any Red Sox lefty ever.
1: Wow. Uh, I forgot to mention that the Diamondbacks have still only won one game on the road. Since uh April 26th,
2: they're also like two in their last like 25.
1: However, they do not have the worst record on the road this year, believe it or not. Yet they've lost like 25 in a row at one point. They don't have the worst road record, which is the they... Colorado Rockies who sit at a nice six and 31 while the Diamondbacks are 10 and
2: 34. Yeah, that's That's weird too, because I mean that's like a it's a ten game difference in actual the actual standings right now. So that's a honestly that's a pretty filthy. uh,
1: The Rockies are twenty six and sixteen. Yeah,
2: that that's a compared to their record, that is a filthy home record.
1: Yeah, it's compared (laughs) to anyone else as good as the Giants. Like, all right, well no, because the Giants have played less games, but still, like the Rockies have a. Have a good home record.
2: Yeah. I mean, if we're looking 26 wins, let's just see who has more than them. The Not Padres, the Padres, the Dodgers,
1: White Sox. I'm
2: still scrolling. Still scrolling. White Sox. Astros.
1: Astros.
2: Astros? Ast- no, I said more than.
1: Oh, more than 26
2: wins. Yeah. Uh White Sox. So there's three teams. That you could consider are definitively better than them at home. <laughs> and all of them were leading their division or could be leading a division if they didn't have like three crazy teams in their division. I'm not counting, I'm counting all of
1: and our World Series contenders, pretty much all three. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: not counting, I'm counting everyone in the AL West, NL West as um, excuse me, NL West as division contenders right now or division leaders.
1: get yeah, uh yeah, the Rockies are just – it's certainly rocky for them when they have to play on the road. All right, last game, Giants and Dodgers, certainly a very important series for both teams. Dodgers send out Trevor Bauer, and uh, the, they, they do get him some run support in the bottom of the first. Mookie Betts and Max Muncie back-to-back homers makes it 2-0 Dodgers. Top three, Lamonte Wade goes deep, puts San Francisco on the board, but Will Smith answers with a home run of his own, makes it 3-1 Dodgers. Top six, Brandon Crawford hits his 17th of the year, and it's 3-2 at that point, Dodgers leading, and their, their, their bullpen is able to close it out, and they win by that score. Bauer takes the win, uh, eight and five now, six innings, two earned, eight strikeouts. The loss to Anthony Disclafani, five innings, three earned, six Ks. And the save to Kenley Jansen is 19th on the year.
2: I can't tell if this game would be really fun or really boring. Because we've got five solo home runs and 21 strikeouts in this game. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, uh... There was a lot of hits though sixteen total hits, so there was a, f- a fair share of action, yeah, I'd say that that's a that that's an entertaining game i mean all the, all the home runs are entertaining, yet yeah, that's like the, the know, Dodgers
2: got five hits,
1: five hits and three runs
2: five three out of their five hits were home runs. you'll take it, I mean yeah, but like. Ugh.
1: Uh, we have leaderboards. And for War for hitters, the leader is Vladdy Jr. at 4.6. Fernando Tatis Jr. behind him at 3.8. Carlos Correa, Ronald Acuna, and Xander Bogarts tied for third at 3.7. For the pitchers, we have Jacob DeGrom in first at 4.4, Zach Wheeler in second at 3.8, Kevin Gaussman in third at 3.0. Let's see here. In terms of home runs, it is a tie between Shohei Otani and Vladdy Jr. at 26. Uh, And then it is Fernando Tatis at 25, Kyle Schwarber at 24. stolen bases this one is still Whit Merrifield he's at 21 uh LJ I remember we did this segment back in April and Ramon uh, Laureano had eight stolen bases in his first 16 games and we joked and we said uh you know he's on a great pace like wouldn't it be something if he just if he just stopped stealing bases he has literally stopped stealing bases. <laughs> he still has eight. I will pull up that clip from the show at some point. And I am pretty sure that he had eight in April, like through like the first two weeks of the year and just has not had a single one since. Why oh, buy it? <laughs> and he, and uh-huh. he's, a, he's a great hitter too. I mean, mm. he's, he's, he's been really good this year. It's just.
2: He's on base. Yeah, He's just not doing anything with it.
1: Uh, in terms of batting average, that is Michael Branley at three forty nine, Nick Castellanos at three forty three, Vladdy at three forty two, and then uh, Yuli Gurriel up there now hitting three thirty three.
2: Meanwhile, Trey Turner continues to be still the most disgusting base runner. Oh, for bolts.
1: The- for bolts, uh,
2: everything yeah. he's second in sprint speed and he's almost doubled in bolts. Again, a reminder bolts is I believe it's three seconds topping
1: one second, it's like a one second span, topping 30 second?
2: feet per second. Yeah, so any anytime you go one second where you're running at a speed of 30 feet per second for that entire one second. So like, it's not like sprint speed where like, if you're just there just for any semblance of time that counts as yours consistently getting up there, he has gotten up to that speed 61 times this year compared to the next best 38.
1: Yeah. And in terms of actual sprint speed, he is just behind the fastest this year uh so jorge mateo uh Mm. his sprint speed is 30.9 feet per second his home to first base uh best is 4.08 seconds trey turner 30.7 feet per second his sprint speed and he his home to first is 4.11 lj in terms of competitive runs Uh, When you're, when you're looking at the guys who are the, the fastest in the game, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, all these other guys are just like pure speedsters. Trey Turner's like actually a good hitter and he hits for a little power too. So he's just such a complete player and really, really talented shortstop.
2: Would you like to explain competitive runs?
1: I, I don't understand it. Uh, it's just a number here I see Neither. on the Statcast, uh leaderboard. And when I click on it, uh, a bunch of names pop up for players that look like they're pretty good. <laughs> Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, Bo Bichette, David Fletcher. Those guys seem like they're pretty good hitters. Nick goal. I know he hasn't strike out a lot. I wish I knew what this meant though. Competitive runs—it doesn't even yeah. show like on this.
2: Um, in the future, we probably shouldn't use too many stats that we don't know what they mean.
1: Yeah, no, I was just like looking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it has to do with like something with your hitting involved, also like your base running. And he's, I, I, yeah. I think the point is that he gets on base a lot more than than a lot of the just like general speedsters do he's much more of a complete hitter than the others pure speedsters
2: yeah i'm just giving you a hard time because your point is solid here because what you're trying to do here is you're trying to look at the guys that are around him uh guys like yandy diaz guys like whit merrifield alex verdugo nick castellanos like um those are adam frazier those are very good offensive names, not defensive names. I'm talking about you, Adam Frazier. Um, those are really good names to be around the company of. So, like, you're definitely not just doing the speed.
1: Uh, we have a Hall of Fame pick to round out yes, the episode, up- correct?
2: Yes. We have the Cleveland Indians this week. For those of you who do not know, Each week, we pick a nominee to go into the final rounds of voting to be our one nominee to the MLB Daily Hall of Fame for this season. And the really only um, stipulation on this is you have to be an active member of the organization in order to be put in. So unlike the regular Hall of Fame, where it's all retired players for like, seven years five years whatever it is no these guys all are active players in the league we're going to pick either the guys that are most memorable most important to us or their team or the best players and see where we go by the end of the year
1: well we have the cleveland indians uh for this week and lj just uh looking at the names here i don't think that we're gonna have too much too many names to really pick from uh certainly their ownership and front office is not the best group so certainly we're not going to be picking someone from from that field uh and in terms of the team i mean they have such a small payroll that there's only a couple of guys here that most most baseball fans could could recognize but they are very good players those being guys like Eddie Rosario, Jose Ramirez, uh and then of course Shane, Shane Bieber who uh very very good pitcher. But uh yeah, we can't forget about those those two guys in the bullpen, Emmanuel Classe, James Karen Also, but uh yeah, LJ, what are you what are you thinking here initially? All right.
2: Um of course, Jose Ramirez would be a good choice as well as a safe choice.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that.
2: The complete wild card I'm going to bring in here, Bobby Bradley just hits dingers.
1: Yes, I do love Bobby Bradley. However, I feel like that's a guy who... You don't
2: think 23 days in the major leagues is enough?
1: (laughs) Is that that all it's been is 20 days?
2: It's been a wild
1: 23 days hey six home runs is not terrible
2: yeah and he that's like, almost a
1: 900 op yeah. too. like that's hey all right bobby here we go bobby That a boy oh. bobby he's just a- <laughs> well i'm pretty sure he's a platoon bat for them right like yes he just <laughs> so well i mean yes right-handed pitching
2: yes but like you never know, because like it's not like they have. He is by far above and beyond their best option. Like the guy, that platoon, guy the guy they're platooning him in for is not a good option. I think you can also. I didn't get a chance to say this on our AL Gold Glove conversation yesterday. Jake Bowers would have run away with the Gold Glove at first base in the American League if he'd stayed on the team, like if he could hit somewhat. If his offense was just good enough to be the ninth batter on this team, he would have easily gotten that gold glove, at least from me. But
1: sadly, well, I I think the problem with the Indians is that they could certainly they certainly love his his uh, defense, but they have so many bad hitters that they just can't afford. Oh yeah, you to can't have you can't another that. Yeah, I mean LJ, this this offense, some of these numbers are really bad like some of these actually
2: i'm gonna go ahead and go through these numbers in order to make my other pitch which as i think about it i get a little stronger in this team is currently 26th in batting average 21st in on, on base percentage plus slugging 18th in runs 17th in home runs. Let's go over to the starting pitching. 24th in ERA, 17th in whip. The only area that they're above average is their strikeouts per nine, and that's 12. They do get some saving grace from their bullpen, who does manage to walk a lot of batters. With all that said, Brandon, this team is currently 42 and 33. Two games behind the White Sox, who we've said were an absolutely outstanding team. This team's numbers are nowhere near what they should be for the caliber of play that they're playing at right now. And it amazes me, they're, they're plus five run differential and they're nine games up. They should be one game up based on expected win loss. With that being said, Terry Francona should be the nominee for the Cleveland Indians.
1: Did not even think about it, but I 100% agree. Uh, Yeah,
2: because also I just completely remembered um, when we had Amari and uh, Tom on the other day, they were saying that this this team is entirely Tito's managing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's certainly, uh, there's that phrase, Turn chicken shit into chicken salad. I mean, he does exactly that. Uh, How he extracts so much value out of the team, I think it just comes down to how good of a leader he is. Certainly, I think he was done wrong by the Red Sox. Uh, That 2011 season was just, it was. It was rough for everyone involved. Um, major
2: ever. major changes were required. He was an unfortunate um, casualty within that.
1: But tactically, you know, this oh, the guy th-
2: the guy just pulls out wins. Like again, it's not like you can o- you can only raise the level of play of your players so much. And again, those stats don't necessarily point again we probably could look farther into it and will, when it gets down to the final voting process, we could look farther into this and say, you know, this guy is way overperforming what he should be doing. This guy is way overperforming what he should be doing and see that he's pulling a lot more production than we think he is. However, he's pulling the one thing that matters. He's getting wins out of these guys. He's finding a way to win. He's not, you, you, there's only so much you can do when you're trying to extract extra talent, when you're trying to get more hits out of a team, you can't necessarily do that as much as you can put yourself in winning situations.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so, so much about baseball comes down to team chemistry. You know, you're with these guys every single day. If you can get on a roll, the wins just start to come and it all starts with how good of Leadership, uh, do you have? I mean, all these teams are so talented. All these guys on, like, any given team. Like, sure, obviously, we know prior to the season what teams have the most talent on them. But there's always those couple teams that you're like, you know, part of season. Like, how, how they're like, I don't see a path for them to be good. Yet they do end up being good. And a lot of it, I think, does come down to team chemistry and in the playoffs, we see, it's just, it basically comes down to which offense can get the hottest for a couple of weeks. And that's it. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And Terry Francona certainly has a lot of success managing in the playoffs. And I just think it goes to show how good of a a manager he is, uh, just in general. And, uh, LJ, you guys certainly had the, the the pleasure of winning two titles with him. And uh, yes, yeah, since he's taken over the Indians in 2013, the worst record he's had was 81 and 80 in 2015. Wow! They tied a game, or they didn't tie. How could how could they only play 161 games? What anyway, year
2: was it? yeah. What year I, was it?
1: 2015 oh they could have had like a game cancelled or something that like uh, didn't count towards the playoffs like if they were if it was against someone who was also out of playoff contention at that point and there was no more days to make it up you can just scrap it
2: yeah it must have been I can't think of any like yeah no there wasn't any like existential crisis that would have
1: Harambe
2: Harambe, Harambe, that was Harambe cancels the Indians. All right, we went from starting this game to this uh, podcast with absolutely no title to the perfect title.
1: Harambe,
2: Harambe cancels the Indians.
1: If that is that the is the be... way that people are gonna realize <laughs> what it means. Is there's two they, ways you can read it, you can it. All the way to this point, mm-hmm. I said the only way that 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 people are going to understand what that means is if they 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 listen up until this point.
2: Yes, but with that being said, it is still a very valuable clickbait um, title. I mean Harambe, Harambe on his own. If we just entitled it Harambe, we'd get traffic, and then canceling the Indians, we're going to get every single part of the woke woke culture. Listening to at least one podcast, they want to talk about us canceling somebody.
1: All right, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's,
2: let's go. Tito Francona, Terry Francona for the Indians Hall of Fame nominee, and Harambe canceled the Indians in 2015. It will be our title.
1: Well, thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Check us out on TikTok, also at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
2: See you manana.